I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And we watched Better, Better Watch Out. Want to put her in the mood? Watch a horror movie. Dude, she's like twice our age. I really don't think it's going to happen. She's here. You are breathtaking. <laughs> Thank you. Now, don't stay up and watch scary movies, okay? It'll give you nightmares again. So, what do you want to do? Ricky, why can't you just leave me alone? He's such a jerk. Don't hang up on me. What was that? What the fuck? Oh, my God. Get away from the window. There's someone there. I'll find you. Don't worry, I'll protect you. It's true. We watched Better Watch Out. And you'll never guess what happened the day we got together to record this. It snowed. We're snowed in together, guys. Snowed All three in. of us. You can't even see the roads. Snow Mageddon. Yeah, you can only see like 60% of the grass outside. Ah. <laughs> but it did snow, so it's, it it's not. And, and we left our Christmas decorations up yeah. just for this. Has nothing to do with anything else. Mm-hmm. Nope. And so we're keeping that Christmas ambiance going. And by the time this drops, when it's almost February, <laughs> it'll be really timely. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Kia? Yes. Why don't you take us down a stroll of what Better Watch Out is about? Give us that synopsis. Well. Yes. The Blu-ray case says, you might be home, but you're not alone. Uh, Who? What? (laughs) Great synopsis. (laughs) In this fresh and gleefully twisted spin on home invasion horror, Babysitter Ashley must defend her young charges when intruders break into the house one snowy night. Or so she thinks. That's it. No. Yeah. It's a good spoiler-free... Uh, yeah. I guess there's not that much pedigree to talk about, to also because usually these synopsis uh, on Blu-rays and DVDs, they, they like stop to go from other movies you've heard of. Yeah. Which is ironic, because two of these actors were in... The Visit? Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Is that what it's called? M. Night mm-hmm. Shyamalan's The Visit. visit. And they're, they're back. 
So, Kia, this is your choice? Yes. Why did you pick it? Well. After Christmas. Well, I could have picked it before Christmas, but we did something different. So, that's why I picked this one. Yeah, we did Black Christmas. Okay. Both of them. <laughs> and so, like, a long time ago, I was strolling on, on demand, and I saw the, the cover. And I really like the cover because it's two young people. She's holding a butcher knife, and there's Christmas lights, and it just looks nice. I liked how it looked. But on demand, it was only to buy. So mm. I was like, oh, curse <laughs> Those motherfuckers. So I kept looking, kept looking, and it was always to buy. It had a good uh, Rotten Tomato score. I don't remember. It's in the 80s or the 90s, mm. I think. So I was definitely interested. And it's like a you know Christmas thriller, which is right up my alley. And eventually, you bought the Blu-ray. I did. I surprised you. You surprised me about the Blu-ray. And we watched it, and I really liked it. So I was like, we mm-hmm. have to do this for the podcast. The world <laughs> needs to know about this movie. Well, it, it is a little underseen. So, Yeah, I never even heard of it. Is, did it come out in theaters? That's a good question. It did, technically. I think it was released, because I actually looked up the box office for it, because I was going to use that as a trivia question, but yeah. decided not to. And the box office was like $20,000 or something. Mm-hmm. So I think it you know, was released in several theaters probably in 2016. Yeah. So I wonder huh. why, because it just seems... It's a good movie. It's well done. It has a bunch of young people in there. So it kind of seems like a movie that would get, you know, the target movie audience. Yeah, and Christmas horror it. seems to be on the upswing right now. Uh, or just holiday horror in general um, yeah. seems to be a big thing. So I noticed this movie could have been set any night of the year. Like it, like the Christmas aspect of it was just sort of like the backdrop, basically. Like, Absolutely. But, uh that's yeah, I wonder, all. you know, we, I did zero research on this movie. I mean, I don't know nothing about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, I do kind of wonder why they made the choice to make it Christmas, if that was just a hook to kind of help well, yeah, sell maybe it. One or, of the, maybe the writer just is a big, he just loves Christmas maybe, or yeah. he or she. It's kind of like how you're saying people do Christmas movies. This is a movie that can play every year. Oh, yeah, that's like the whole idea Uh, of, you know, you write a Christmas song because you know every year that shit's going to get dragged out and you'll get royalties. And supposedly that's why Vince Vaughn always does Christmas movies, or he did like three, I think. Like Fred Claus. Right. He, he like, doesn't (laughs) mind that they're garbage because he knows he's going to make, you know, significant amounts of money every year. So And it creates, like, a nice ambiance to have, like, the Christmas lights up there. It makes everything look... Nice. Yeah. And I think it was our friend uh, Robbie that mentioned, you know, the contrast of uh, like something sweet like Christmas versus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, clashing up against kind of sinister stuff kind of makes kind of a nice vibe or whatever to you. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, we have a pretty basic premise. I mean, there's only like six characters in this movie, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you've got um, a couple of middle aged parents played by. The dude from Seinfeld, Patrick Walburton, yeah. something like that. Putty. Putty. And Virginia Madsen, who have kind of a special needs son who uh, apparently sleepwalks at night and is a little, like, heavily, they seem to be medicated. Um, and they also need a babysitter when he's 13 years old. Yeah, he looks like he's the same age as the babysitter. Yeah, <laughs> which, I mean, I think that's telling us something, right? That this kid maybe is a little off. Uh, that the parents don't trust him to be home alone. At, uh, so, uh, yes, th- this well-to-do, uh, it's kind of a suburban neighborhood, really nice upper class, I guess. And the well-to-do couple leaves their son with a babysitter 
who, as Jeff mentioned, is only a couple years older, or maybe three or four years older, right? I think she's 18 because she's going off to college. So good solid five years older. So Luke uh, has a huge crush on Ashley and has for several years. She's been his babysitter for a long time. We established that pretty heavy-handedly. Luke openly talks about it to his friend Garrett, um, who also seems like a mischievous young boy. And Garrett was the... The other kid that was in the visit. Right, exactly. So the visit, Garrett and Ashley were brother and sister. Right, right, right. You know, then the parents leave uh, after the mother accuses the husband of being homosexual for some reason. I didn't really understand that very much. (laughs) I was kind of a little lost because he was like, hey, why didn't my ornaments come up on the the Christmas tree? And she was like, you, why are you you sucking out the cocks? She just immediately goes into (laughs) that. I'm like, why is that? Maybe is it because one of the ornaments looked like they were... um there were shoes. There shoes. Were high, was the it Dorothy's shoes or something? It's a Friends of Dorothy type of situation. Yeah. It's Friends of Dorothy. That's like an old school way to say someone's gay, is that oh. they're Friends of Dorothy. They're mm. friends of Friend of Dorothy. I've heard that. Learn something. Yeah. There you go. I know a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, I, it was a, it seemed like an odd thing to throw in there, but that just kind of took me out of it for a second. But, I mean, mm. you know, I, I guess they were going for a couple of yucks. Yeah. yeah. 90s gay panic yucks. <laughs> it's always good. Um, but yeah, they leave, and then very quickly, it's apparent that uh, Luke is hitting on his his babysitter like very hardcore. It's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, actually, <laughs> <No. laughs> I was like, that's not a good thing to do in this Me Too kind of environment we have <laughs> oh, now. Right. Like where he's like trying to kiss her, like force himself on her, and she's like, "Get off me!" Yeah, he like, he like very quickly opens up a bottle of champagne and starts chugging it and offering her liquor. Of, and it's kind of played in the movie as if it's supposed to be like, "Oh, it's kind of sweet." He has a crush. I felt yeah, I, and he's he's kind of drunk off yeah. the stuff, and he's young and doesn't know how to, you know, if approach was, a lady. If this is reversed. It might be. Interesting, like if it was a 13-year-old girl. I don't think uh, girls usually have male babysitters. Excellent point. <laughs> Maybe that's unfair, but uh, but yeah, it, w- it would totally not play very well Excellent if point. it was yeah. a 12-year-old girl. But yeah, it's looked at, it seems like it's looked at in this movie as, oh, it's sweet. She's being very patient with them, but it's yeah. it's kind of creepy yeah there's a couple of moments where i think she would be totally justified just to immediately call the parents and be like listen yeah. this isn't for me he's going he's beyond the pale come come and you know yeah uh, like i'm leaving um <laughs> and and also there was a moment where i think he just like they're watching a horror movie together and he just blatantly tries to kiss her like yeah. he just you know like leans on top of her and starts to kiss her that i think she should have smacked him honestly like yeah. I, I don't i don't think there would be anything wrong with her doing that and just saying you know you need to go to your room and we're not interacting the rest of the night, and yeah, call the parents, and that'd be the end of it. But anyway, then there wouldn't be a movie, I guess. So. Yeah, and you know, I don't know about you, but as uh, a young man, teenage years and stuff, you do weird things sometimes to try to like you know get the attention of the girls. For sure. So Without I can kind of relate to doing embarrassing things like that. Right. True. Did you True have that. baby? Did you have babysitters? Yeah. Like teenage girl babysitters? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because Craig, because at first I'm like, I don't know anyone that's, that's really ever had that. So it just yeah. seemed like it was something they do in movies. Yeah, I had an older sister, so that was never really an issue for me. Yeah. But Yeah, I had a few. They were like, you know, family friends and stuff. But, yeah. you know, like girls who were like 16, 17 years old. Were you all like, she's hot? No. 
I was too young, I think. I think it was just like, <laughs> okay. cool, mom and dad are gone. Can so we you play had, video games on You didn't that? have a babysitter you know? when you were 13. I guess this kid has one because he, like you said, he sleepwalks, so they want to make sure something They establish he's got some issues, yeah, yeah. that it might, might make yeah. sense to have a caretaker for him, even and though he's a little older. And the mom props a pencil up on the doorknob to make, because right. like if the door opens, the pencil will fall, and there's no way to like put it back up. Well, I mean, that almost brings us to the first kind of incident, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, someone keeps knocking on the door. Right, right, and right. And they go to it, and, they, and it ends up being like his friend is just trying to scare them. Oh, right, right. There's yeah. kind of a false scare of uh, Garrett comes back to the house, uh, yeah. which is uh, Luke's best friend. Mm-hmm. And the doors keep getting left open, too. Right, right, right. And at this point in the movie, I'm thinking this is kind of a tired premise. Like, <laughs> just like mm. people break into the house while the babysitter's there, and they have to fend off these... Uh, intruders, right? You know. I think before I think before Garrett comes back, they go up into the attic because they were scared that they're being stalked or something, mm-hmm. right? Right, right, um, right. And I think when Craig and I watched that movie around that point, we were saying the same thing as Jeff. Like this is this is going to be her running around screaming, "Hey, Luke, don't do that!" And right. it's just going to be them running around the house and hiding. So I was kind of about to. Be like, oh, well. And I even thought, I think I even said that out loud. I was like, what a lazy intruder this guy is. He's not even looking in the closets. He walks in a room that he know he heard noises, and he sees that there's a door to the attic. And he's just like, mm, there's no way they went in the <laughs> attic. And then turns around and leaves. So I was just like, oh, come on. Yeah. Were you like, why would Kia pick this movie? Yes. Okay. But mainly because of the Christmas aspect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely thought. You know, when there's an intruder and they have a shotgun and they're walking around the house and, you know, the characters are hiding from them and everything. I just remember thinking, like, you know, how are they going to sustain this for another 45 minutes yeah. to an hour? Like, like, like this movie is dead in the water. Like, I just mm-hmm. I thought it was ridiculous. Dead in the water. Dead in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Stay here. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to scare them away. Mario will protect you. Luke, coming out there is not brave. Okay, it's stupid. Luke, trust me. Luke, come on. But uh, there is a turn. There is a reveal, which I guess will go into spoiler territory. Spoiler, spoiler. Now there are spoilers throughout our talk because <laughs> it would ahead. be impossible. We're yeah. not going to give away the ending and whatnot just yet, but we will give away a turn that happens at the first first act break. Okay? So, Kia, why don't you explain to us well, what the twist is? It is this. Luke and Ashley, hi, they get a, um, they find a gun at some point. Yeah, they have a handgun. They have a handgun. And they hide in the closet. Like, they... They're in Luke's bedroom, and they hide in his closet. And the intruder has this huge gun that he's walking around the house with. A shotgun. Shotgun. And he comes in the bedroom, looks around, and Ashley goes, that looks like your mask to Luke. It looks like he's wearing your mask. And then she realizes or thinks at this point that maybe it's Garrett, Mm. the friend. So she bursts out of the closet, and she's like, Garrett, is that you? And it's revealed that the intruder this whole time has indeed been Garrett. Yes. The friend. Luke and Garrett have punked <laughs> good old Ashley. And it was a little, I missed this the first time around, but at the, towards the beginning of the movie, when you first see Luke and Garrett in the bedroom, 
in his bedroom just hanging out. Um, he's reading an article about how fear does something to imply like fear will make a maybe a girl fall for you. Yeah, when you see a horror movie with a date, uh, it, it like bonds you together. Or, like it's like releases pheromones and whatnot that kind of simulate uh, fight or flight and someone saving you that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So he gets the, the bright idea that I will save her in a home invasion scenario, and then that will make her fall in love with me. Yeah. Although, as the story plays out, I don't think he really thought that was going to happen. I think he was pretty okay with just... Yeah. Luke was pretty okay with just being a sociopath. Well, Kia, what, what would you like to parse out next? Oh, goodness gracious. Well, they she gets upset, and she's... I don't know. I don't know if she's about to call his parents or whatever. Right. Yeah, but, immediately. Okay. She's like, I'm calling, I'm calling your parents. <laughs> you guys are in trouble. This mm-hmm. is over. So they walk into the hallway... And then she's, she's walking in front of them, and she's going on about how, you know, she's upset and everything. And then Luke is calling after her. And at this point, I don't really know where the movie's going. Um, and then she finally turns around right at the top of the stairs, and she's like, what? And he just slaps her, and mm. she falls down the stairs. And then when it shows them Luke and Garrett at the top of the stairs, he has, like, Luke has the gun, and he's rubbing it against his chin. So then you kind of go, okay. This kid's crazy. So this yeah. is where the movie is going to go. Yeah. And, and again, it, like it becomes apparent that it maybe wasn't there that much sincerity in the idea of her falling in love with him. Like he was probably okay with it going south and him just yeah. harassing her. And cause she wakes up and she's bound, you know, to a chair and whatnot. And it kind of plays out from there. I don't think we have to go beat by beat for the yeah. plot from there on out, but, um, and it kind of keeps escalating. It gets worse, yeah. <laughs> worse and worse. So with the carnage and craziness, um, he's got a real rapey vibe going too. Where <laughs> it's like, well, that definitely. was established <laughs> well, yeah. on the couch. That's yeah. true. And then like later, like they tie her up and then he's like, they like feel her boobs, you know, they're yeah. playing like truth or dare with her. Right. And, like, you know, uh, it's just super and he, creepy. He gropes though. the boob and he's like, yeah. Yeah, I see what all the fuss was about. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and th- that's what's really interesting is the kid, I mean, he's got a very punchable face once he yeah. becomes, <laughs> you know, the character. But I think that's part of the performance. I mean, yeah. he does a great job of just being a sleazy kid yeah. that you yeah. just want to jump kick, you know. Oh, yeah. He does a great job of being hateable. Yeah. Very like, hateable. Yeah. And he walks around trying to be all tough. and all Swagger. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you said swagger and... Um, <laughs> I was like, he's, not, he's very tough in those skinny jeans he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a, uh, or he reminded me of like a young um, Leonardo DiCaprio around the era of Growing Pains. I see that. But with like darker, curlier hair. Hmm. I think he played Peter Pan in a previous movie. Is he, um, is he a dancer? I have no idea. Because one, he has thin legs. And when he was walking around in those skinny jeans, the way he moved, I mentioned while we were watching the movie the second time, I was like, he moves like he's a ballerina or right. a ballerino or whatever the word is. So I wonder if he was in Peter Pan, if he did have to, to dance or something. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just, and he does dance in the movie too. Yeah. He's a couple, couple moments where he does little, little, uh, Fred Astaire moments. Yeah. <laughs> This is notable because maybe another way it ties in with um, Christmas is there's a pretty edgy sequence where uh, they test out a Home Alone death possibility. Yeah. But yeah, it's the the paint can thing where, you know, Kevin Arnold, he, not Arnold, is that his name? No, no that's Wonder Yeah, that's oh, right, no. Wonder Years. Kevin McAllister. McAllister, yeah. He takes the paint bucket and he throws it over the edge of the top of the stairs and it smacks him in the face. Yeah. And 
in Home Alone, it's like you probably would have gotten seriously hurt if he got smacked in the face with a full paint can. Oh, right. But like in the movie, it's just like dark for yucks. Yeah. yeah. But in this movie, I feel like they go completely the other direction. Where I'm like, eh, it would have hurt, surely. I don't know if it would have like made his head kind of like right explode or whatever. They, they make it seem like it would be absolutely lethal and yeah. just blow up your head. Um, I mean, I think that could him being stationary. Yeah. Who he was in the chair. I think that could potentially break your neck. Right. You painting something? We're gonna see who's right once and for all. Mythbuster style. Tis the season to be. Hey Garrett, in Scouts where Clove hitches clockwise or counterclockwise. Clove who? Never mind. Got it. Got what? Dude, what the fuck is going on? Dude. Uh... I have no idea. What the fuck, man? Oh, you're fucking home alone again? Dude, what are you doing, man? Please let me out of this. Was it level with his head? What the fuck are you doing, dude? You're gonna kill him. Just stop it. Garrett. Garrett, right? Yeah. Please, I'm time. Okay. You said that the paint cam would knock him back, like in the movie. Uh, okay, look, I take it back. Everything I said, I'm sorry. You win. Just stop it, please. Let's just try it one more time. Ashley! Oh, you could, it would definitely hurt. I just—it made it seem like his head popped open, like a like you hit it with a, a well, cantaloupe with a bowling yeah. ball or something. You know? But when you see his head, it's <laughs> not sorry. popped open. So I, I assume the blood was from his face and that it just broke his neck. Also, like the the other two were just like, "Hey, man, like even his buddy was like, dude, don't do that." Yeah. Like <laughs> either the guy in the chair or his buddy should have like pushed the dude over. Sure. Like he could have just like <laughs> rocked. The one guy side, in the chair know? probably could have done that. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. He could have just like rocked himself over to one but side. He was like, I accept my fate. Garrett, like, oh. That, oh, the the guy that gets hit by the paint can, by the way, is her. I think it's the Ashley's current boyfriend. Right. Yeah, I think they're having a little tiff going back and forth. Right, right. He comes to the house to try to make up with her. He ends up also being bound and gagged, yeah. and then they're like, "Hmm, let's try this." Oh, before that, speaking of rapey vibe, Luke <laughs> is like, "You know what?" I want to see the two of you fuck. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that's oh, really what a bizarre. creep. What a <laughs> creep. Yeah. That, but thankfully that didn't happen because that would have been a weird movie. Just a movie with a bunch of kids. Just. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty weird just saying it. So, it's yeah. also yeah. being an adult and watching a, like a 12, 13 year old boy saying this stuff is just like, makes so, me super uncomfortable. It's really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> it's really, ugh, it's creepy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems like, uh, this Luke character is, uh, way more intelligent than his friends and give him credit for because it seems mm. like uh he's got every scenario kind of planned out like well if you know she doesn't fall in love with me for me saving her i'll just bound her and gag her <laughs> and then like i can get out of it by doing x y and z i got it set up so i can like get in touch with her boyfriend and her ex-boyfriend mm. and then uh you know, if things go south, I'll just pin it on the ex-boyfriend. I'll make him write a note. I'll, like, he just very, like, uh, yeah. cunning, well, evil. There, there's also that, that moment uh, early on when they first are playing around with the idea of a home invasion where Ashley is like, hey, give me my phone. And uh, Luke picks up her cell phone and, like, throws it into the aquarium. Yeah. But he plays it off like, oh, I'm drunk, and I just kind of threw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, you know, and it fall, obviously ruins the phone. And I remember just watching that when the first time and just yeah. thinking, like, what the fuck is this movie trying to do? Like, seriously, like, <laughs> I did like, the same like, thing. like, word to believe that they don't have a phone now because he just, he was a dumbass and through the, but then obviously after the turn, you realize, oh, he did that deliberately, right. you know, just so she, she can't just 
call someone right off the bat. So. I, did, I did the same thing when that scene, when he threw it in the aquarium, I was just like, oh, well, that's really convenient. Right. Like, right. <laughs> some yeah. lazy writing. It ends up being pretty Damn clever. it, Kia, for picking yeah. this up. <laughs> no, but it ends up being pretty clever. Right? Yeah, and you're yeah, like, oh, so. he did it. Oh, right. okay. He's a psychopath. Yeah. There's also a part of the movie when Luke is talking to Ashley and he says something to her. He says, um, you once told me I could get away with murder. So maybe she planted realized, the seed a little bit. Yeah, maybe he didn't really think he's smart enough to get away with murder, but maybe she picked up that he is cunning and smart. He can yeah. talk his way out of things. He's a cute kid. When he killed yeah. uh, Garrett's hamster, right? Wasn't that one of those small yeah, yeah, yeah. asides that she kind of helped him through covering up killing right. Garrett's hamster? So um, I think Garrett was kind of an interesting character because uh, he's kind of along for the ride, and then he kind of keeps... Realizing, oh, this has gone way too far, and he's like, "Oh wait, my friend is actually a right crazy asshole." <laughs> I tried to get into the mindset of a thirteen-year-old, mm. and you're with your friends, and you do stupid things, and you want to support your friends. <laughs> I guess, but part of me was like, "What is wrong with you?" He's he's acknowledged multiple times from the very beginning when he slap when Luke first slaps her, mm. he's like, "What are you doing?" Right. And why are we doing this? And don't do this with a pan can. So he's he knows it's wrong, but, but he goes along with it anyway. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think also Luke gives him uh, drugs shortly after that that kind of bring him down a little yeah. bit. Where he's you know he's giving him oxy and like Garrett is just like oh this couch is like a big marshmallow and yeah. he's kind of out of it for a while. Yeah. So I think that kind of explains a little bit of why he might be a little bit more susceptible to some of these ideas. And then slowly as he comes off of it, he's going, Oh, like this yeah. is going too far. And also he's scared about getting in trouble as, as silly as that might sound. Yeah. And also like, I remember being like a 13 year old, like adolescence, like you do dumb stuff. Or like, I definitely did a lot of dumb mm-hmm. stuff. I think not on half-assed horror cast, but on Jeff's digital audio experience featuring Craig, like a decade ago, I told this story about how I cut a hole in my closet uh, it's a great story. Yeah, and it was just like as soon as I cut the whole, I, it's a long story. You but thought I, you would have like a secret compartment, kind of. Yeah, in I was your trying closet. to make like a little secret, uh, like hidden doorway where yeah. I could like hide stuff in this little like hole in the closet. But as soon as I did it, I like as soon as I cut the thing, I was like, oh shit! Like, why did I do this? Like, yeah. it was just like instantly, I was like, I'm an idiot! Like, why did I cut a hole in my closet? And then you know, I've had friends who are like uh, more like the alpha in our friendship, and they're. Mm. Uh, you know, you're going along for the ride. You're like, hey, this is fun. But they maybe kind of like go over across the line and you're kind of like, uh, what do, should I say something? Or I don't know. I can kind of relate to that. Like, but definitely in this movie, it's exaggerated to the point where he's like, yeah. he's, you know, I, I think if I was with a friend and he was, <laughs> he had his babysitter like duct taped to a chair, I'd be like, dude, this isn't cool. <laughs> and would you, I mean, well, isn't that, you know, can't tell what you would have done that many years ago, but yeah, just you know, yeah. People kind of feel like he could have he could have kept a lot of people from getting killed if he yeah, had just called the police, right? So. Yeah, I think when he finally did make that decision, though, it'll be like way late in the game. But like you know, he definitely eventually made that decision. Like, all right, this is crazy. I'm gonna like I'm gonna set you free. We're gonna like call the police. Like, of course, hmm. we all know what happens, right? Uh, right. And also. I don't know how much of this we want to spoil. Are we just spoiling everything at this point? Will you? Are you ready for that? Sure. We are officially going into true spoiler territory. (laughs) 
Level this, two spoilers. Level two <laughs> red alert. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say this is worth watching. Yes. If you want to check it out before we spoil it. Yes. Well, I was going to say, like, at the end, when she's he's he's killed the friend, he, he, he shoots... What's his name? Garrett? Garrett. He shoots Garrett with the, the shotgun. Friend, or the other boyfriend. Or ex-boyfriend. Right. He hangs the ex-boyfriend and, make, and makes it look like he he did all the killing and like he right. left a note saying, I'm sorry, I love Very you. Very elaborate. You know? yeah. Yeah. The, the paint Creamy. on his fingers right. and everything. And so he sets it up to make it look like the ex-boyfriend was jealous and he came and he killed everybody. you know. And so he goes into the house where the, the babysitter's still tied up and... Uh, it almost seems like she's like, yeah, just do whatever you're going to do because I have a way to – I'll just put duct tape over whatever wound you get me with. Like, mm. It seemed like almost like she had a plan. Mm. Like, uh, all right, I'll wait for him to stab me in the neck, and then I'll just put some duct tape over it, and that will save my life. Right. It's like – how did she, did she, she had duct tape on her neck at the end? Well, I think – didn't they mention that when they were putting her on the thing? They are like, oh, she put duct tape over the wound I, to stop the bleeding. You know, yeah, I totally like, missed that both times. So I was like – Okay. Was she just like, I'm going to wait and surely he'll stab me in the neck. Like, <laughs> it's definitely was, risky because you know, he could have yeah. just slit her throat. She's sure. like, I need my duct tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, shit, she's my going duct tape's not I don't know why she started sounding like a trucker. I need my duct tape. <laughs> it's like completely, all, like, and she has to do like the top and like her jaw. I mean, she's got a piece of duct tape that's like four inches long. She's like, shit, it's not long enough. I didn't, I didn't wasn't prepared for this. He could have yeah. shot her. Too? Yeah, he absolutely. Yeah, it was very, yeah. it was risky. But luckily, it worked. It worked out for her, <laughs> and she got to flick him a bird as she was getting right. That's, that's the hole in the plan. You think that yeah. maybe Jake is going to get away with all this? And, no, Luke. 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 Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't know where I get Jake. Uh, Luke got away with all this stuff. Uh, his parents get home. The authorities are called, and then you hear, of course. We got one alive, you know, and it's Ashley. She, she as we've said, managed to survive. She flicks them off, and uh, as she's getting loaded into the paramedic, uh, the ambulance, the uh, hospital truck, if you will. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and, and we kind of end on that note. There's like a little stinger where he's like, "Hey, I think we need to go to the hospital to visit Ashley." You know, and it mm-hmm. kind of implies maybe they could follow up on this. I don't know. Oh, I missed that part. Was that after the credits? Yeah, the, the oh, credits okay. roll for a little while, and then there's a stinger of him like, "Mom." Can we go to the hospital to visit Ashley? I want to make sure she's okay, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my questions. Um, what do we think happens to him? Because her story is pretty far fetched. Like oh, yeah. this thirteen-year-old masterminded everything, but surely being thirteen, and because most criminals mess up somewhere, mm. if police investigate it, like they take her seriously, I'm sure they can find something. Yeah, like if she's. She seems uh, like, you know, I mean, she's definitely, like, hurt pretty badly, but I would imagine she'd be able to talk. Like, maybe by the time she got to the hospital, she'd be like, it was that little shit-eating moron. He did this. Like, it was the right. kid, you know. But will someone believe that a 13-year-old did that? And would they think this is just a teenage girl that wants to protect these two guys that she loved? Well, I do think a small amount of investigation would... Like the ex-boyfriend, the one from Stranger Things. Uh, oh, two. that's who that was. I thought he looked uh, familiar. Yeah, He's he, the redhead's brother. The, yeah, yeah, the guy who likes Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, 
he didn't really seem to be all that worried about getting back together with Ashley. He was yeah. like, yeah, that'd be great if it works, but if it doesn't, I don't really care. Why am I even here? Like, he's kind of... Yeah. So I would think his friends and family would be like, he didn't seem that upset about breaking up with Ashley. Why would yeah. he go to that house and execute all these people and kill himself? Yeah. And, like, I think a little bit... Like, that would be enough of a nugget for them to start to speculate and really uh, investigate uh, Luke. Yeah, and plus, like, she's the only witness other than, and like, because, like, he's claiming that he was asleep through the whole thing, right? Because he's supposed to be, like, waking up and be like, what right. would happen? You right, know? right, right. So, I feel like they would believe her, especially. If they can get th- to her in time, yeah. I guess. And I, and I know he tried to, like, clean up the scene, but there's got to be some kind of, like, physical evidence somewhere that. Yeah. And she can tell the whole story, like, this is what he did. He pushed me down the stairs, and then he mm. taped me to the thing. His and fingers then, yeah. might be all up on that duct tape. There you go. His yeah, that's true. All it tape. wouldn't really be on it if yeah. that was the case. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of blood. <laughs> There's a lot of blood. I don't Especially know if when he ever... the paint can thing. I don't know if he ever bled, but he might have. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, at some point, he, I'm sure his footprint or no. his, like, fingerprint somewhere got messy, you know. Now, know. if it was the... Uh, Lift fingerprints from the duct tape that was no, not on her neck. Never mind. But yeah, his fingerprints are somewhere on that duct tape. If oh, it yeah. was the uh, the police crew from um, Black Christmas, they would totally <laughs> oh, be like, "Case closed. Let's done. go home, guys. Let's throw the duct tape away." <laughs> she yeah. doesn't need any protection. Let's go. Like, can we go back to Garrett's death? Because that was, yes. I think, one of the more shocking deaths. Pretty um, effective, yeah. Because early in the movie, um, after Luke touches Ashley's boob. They're playing truth or dare, and Luke, Garrett dares Luke to touch the boob. Touch your boob? That's assault, brother. What's up, from? I think it was uh, <laughs> Billy Madison. She's like, did you touch her boob? Touch her boob? That's assault, brother. Hey, I'm trying to score points with a teacher today. Don't screw it up. I dare you to touch her boob. Touch your boobs. That's assault, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. And um, so Garrett's like, don't I get it? Don't I get a chance? Can I do something? And Luke is like, you don't get to touch her. And so I guess at the end, when Garrett's about to free her, is that what he's about to do? He Mm -hmm. kisses her, and then he's immediately blown away by the shotgun. Right. And Luke comes in, and he's like, I told you not to touch her. And then... um, Garrett survives that first blast. He survives, and he's on the floor, and... he says, I want my mom, I want my mother. But before he can even really get that fully out, Luke shoots him again, which I'm mm. assuming was in the face. Yeah, and he executes um, him, yeah. And then Luke gets really mad. He's like, fuck, yeah, yelling mm. at, like, Garrett's dead body. So he's crazy, and yeah, yeah. Mm. he's pure evil. He's like um, Michael Myers. I think he would kill anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Michael Myers has no motive which I think is distinct. Like, Michael Myers Fair is just killing people at random, whereas this kid um, grew to have a fixation on someone and then expanded to a murderous mm-hmm. rage you know what or whatever. would be amazing is if this was the beginning of a long series. This kid, like, grows up. We get to see him become an adult, and he's still getting away with stuff. I think that would be really interesting. <laughs> like, it just goes forever and forever. It's like the next one, it could be called Better Not Pout. <laughs> <laughs> This keeps going. Better not cry. Have, <laughs> I'm telling you why. It doesn't have <laughs> that great of And then the, the final is Santa Claus is coming to town. He's old enough to play a Santa Claus. Yeah. He, and he kills the kids at the mall. Boom. Well, that would be hard to do, though. 
parent to be like, why isn't my kid back from the (laughs) (laughs) When the kids come up, he can be like, uh, yeah, I'll bring you a train set. I I can't remember where you live again. What's your address? And then he like writing all the kids' dresses down. It's a horror movie where all the victims are children. (laughs) The kids are like, 382 South Columbia Street. Oh. Oh, another reason he could get caught... Maybe. I wonder if there's some way they can tell how long. Because before he goes to sleep, he takes medication. Right, right. I wonder if there's so some way the he can see how long it's been in his system. Because he takes it right before the parents get home and they start mm-hmm. screaming. So I think he would get caught. Unless he manages to kill her first. The sequel is a courtroom drama where someone's trying to investigate and figure out. Oh, that would be a good intro. He said, she said type of thing where they're going back and forth. And there's these investigators that are trying to get to the bottom of it. The true crime people would eat it up. Better watch out, too. Still Which, watching. <laughs> Better not cry. <laughs> oh, so are, we, are we grading the movie? Yeah, let's, let's give it some grades. Kia, you kick it off. You, you chose the movie. How's it, how, how'd it hold up on the second viewing? I still really like it, so I would give it an A. Nice. I'll go next. <laughs> um, I think I would give it maybe a solid B. Um, the turn, the first time I watched it, was really fun. And uh, I think the performances are a lot of fun, too. The the main kid, Levi Miller, uh, as uh, Luke, uh, does a really great job of playing a character that you hate. You just absolutely hate this kid. Mm-hmm. Almost from the moment he enters, I think. <laughs> but then when it uh, elevates to when he's murderous and you know truly evil, you, you just can't wait to see him get his comeuppance. So yeah. it's a, a really effective performance. Jeff, what you giving it? I would give it a C. <gasps> I'm sorry. I know you made this movie. Didn't we? No. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, I'll give it a C just because of the Christmas aspect. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, it really was hard for me to watch a Christmas movie after Christmas. <laughs> what is that movie's fault? I know. He, he, it's it's what? how he feels. No. Just let me finish. <laughs> Again. Passions it, run high. Give me the C. <laughs> you, you didn't make this movie, so it's not a personal attack on you. <laughs> It's, uh, but in all seriousness, though, like, if I had seen this in, like, December or, like, around the right time, I probably would give it a B. Yeah. Um, that's uh, one thing, though, that, that that does remind me, a criticism I had of it watching it the second time, but one thing that I just put more of a critical eye on it is, uh, no one grows in this movie. <laughs> like, no one, uh, like, the kid doesn't really get his comeuppance. Technically, because like we're it's alluded that he's going to get comeuppance, but we don't get to see it. So the villain never gets his comeuppance. The hero only lives because she manages to survive. She doesn't really do anything clever to come out on top. You know what I mean? Like like you guys talking about putting the duct tape over her throat was very like happenstance. Like she never really gets out of her bonds. True, but she never like seizes the gauntlet where she comes out on top of the the sociopath kid or whatever. Yeah. Like I think I, I kinda looking at it a second time, I was like, uh, eh, that would have been kinda cool if maybe she turned the tables on him where he's like racing to like fight her kind of and come out on top. Like, cause really the only moment of peril he has is really is the the his parents get home and he accidentally knocks over uh, some of the decorations on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, God, the parents might notice that I'm on the roof or whatever. Otherwise, he really doesn't have that many struggles. Like, he kind of walks Except for right when the it. boyfriend comes over, they have, like, a little fight. But Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. yeah. But your your complaint, though, 
are also true for Black Christmas. She isn't, from what I remember, she doesn't do anything to really overtake him. She just survives, and the killer totally gets away with everything. Different vibe, though. Different vibe. I stand by it completely. <laughs> Moving on. What? Here are what some of our uh, <laughs> listeners had to say about it. Uh, I kind of put this out here that we were going to talk about it today. And on Twitter, we had our friend Irish Mark said, uh, I'm really en- I really enjoyed that movie because he picked it up when he noticed us uh, talk about it on Instagram and mm-hmm. a previous episode. Uh, friend Johnny Leroy, he's uh, part of the Tennessee Horror News crew. He said, uh, I haven't seen it, but I can't wait to hear y'all talk about it. He said, hear y'all's thoughts is actually what he said. Uh, we had a TV freak at Felnez63. Um, this film went in a direction I never expected. All three of the young actors were quite good, especially the actor who played Luke, which I totally agree with. Yeah. Um, and we have Lauren at Feisty Mexicaren, Mex- Mexamerican, Mexicaren. Uh, I'm horrible. I'm sorry. Uh, I just watched this last month and I'm so mad. I didn't watch it sooner. Yeah. I still can't believe a kid this adorable was made into a monster. Now that's acting. Uh, very true. Uh, the Hall of Horror. I love this movie Yay. so much. LOL. Oh. That's at the <laughs> Hall of Horror. That's all they had to say. And then uh, Anthony Brownie. He's Brownlee LOL Horror. LOL means. Laugh out loud. I know. I was going to say love it lots, but then I was like, that's a little carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Brownie said, I uh, love this film. Such a great horror holiday flick that was so unexpected. Also agree. Thanks. Uh, over on IG. We had uh, Mike, our friend and listener. Uh, he's called Bat Collector on IG. Uh, not a fan of this movie. <gasps> stop. I hate it. No, stop. But Who's, what's the next, per- next person? I'm just kidding. <laughs> not a fan of this movie. Hated the antagonist and wanted him to die. Well, that's the point. I want I, him to die too. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's almost that a selling point. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> that that's how good the performance was, Mike. Is that you know this guy? You hated him. I, I was, my blood was boiling sometimes, <laughs> wanting him to get punched yeah. in the face because so. he's so like. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like pre- pretentious? Is that the word? I also like he's so cute. He like he knows he's cute. Those skinny yeah. jeans. You know, like, like I think he thinks he's real hot shit. You know, yeah. and that's how he plays it. Like, ugh, this is the worst. Yeah, it's like somebody. Like I feel like everybody's probably known someone like that oh, in their yeah. life, where you just like, man, fuck that guy. <laughs> maybe this is like maybe this is a prequel to like American Psycho. It could very away, well be. Gets away with yeah. it. Um. Our friend, uh, this is Tennessee Mark, uh, Mark O. Estes on IG. Uh, this movie disturbed the hell out of me for reasons I don't think some people will understand. <laughs> Can't wait to hear y'all's take on it, though. Oh, I want to um, know the reason. I did, I did actually, I, I, I was like, hey, what, you know, what, what were those thoughts? And he's like, uh, you'll know soon. So, <laughs> oh, no. You know, just kind of let it go. <laughs> you'll see it in the news soon. Huh? <laughs> no. Just I, keep your TV on WSMV. <laughs> <laughs> And then we have uh, just kind of an off-kilter question. It has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, this is from SlasherPod on IG. When you say half-assed, are you referring to your effort or your anatomy? <laughs> I can only imagine what life is like with one butt cheek. It is difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, SlasherPod, like I don't really... To find pants. I don't think it's funny what you tried to do here because that's actually what brought all three of us together. <laughs> We met in a support group for people with one ass cheek. <laughs> and it's not funny at all. So we're one and a half ass. 
<laughs> you put all of our oh, we're changing together. the name of the podcast. Thanks a lot, Slasher Pod. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but as always, we like all of our listeners, and we love your input. So thanks for reaching out. Thank you. Oh, I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just reviewed Better Watch Out. Hey, I heard a rumor that uh, you guys like playing some trivia. You heard correct. Well, let me introduce you to Half-Ass Horror Trivia. It is time once again for... This segment, or this time out, it's going to be about casting, y'all. These are roles that certain actors passed on. Oh, actually, oh, excuse me. I wrote a little blurb for this. Lots of iconic horror films would look a lot different if the studios had their way or if the director had their first choice. Join us as we consider what might have been... Joining us today, we have Kia, the big loser last time. Kia, do you have any uh, thoughts about your comeback? Um, I just, I'm just going to do my very best, keep a positive attitude. Oh. And, um, I'll keep you know, my, my competitiveness in check and wish luck to my opponent. That's it. I wish you the best. Thank you. Jeff, yes. you have quite the poker face right now. Tell us about it. Well, I'm a big fan of poker, <laughs> and no, I I uh, I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you. Thank you're you. going down. No, I'm just kidding. Jeez. I thought he meant me. <laughs> Wishing me all the luck. Well, let's get this party started. Casting trivia. Who was originally slated to direct and star as Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs? Direct and star. Any guesses? Direct and star. Kia. I'm only thinking of joke answers, so go ahead. John Malkovich. Incorrect. Good guess. Ooh, that is a good guess. Um, I'm going to need the choices. Okay. A, Clint Eastwood. B, Sammy Davis Jr. C. <laughs> C, Dustin Hoffman. D, Gene Hackman. Uh, Gene Hackman? D? You're correct. Whoa! Yes. Damn it, I was he dropped it out, would be obviously. Sammy Davis Jr. But yeah, that was going to be like a big project for him, obviously. What's it? What's Hannibal Lecter's? What's Hello, it? Clarice. Fava beans. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. I was trying to see how Sammy Davis Jr. would do it. <laughs> I ate her. I can't, I can't do it. I hate, yeah, it was like I ate her liver with... Uh, a nice Chianti. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Let's hear um, Sammy Davis. He sings everything. How does yeah. he talk? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of like this. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> I ate her liver with some... Fava beans and a nice Chianti. Spot on. What famous actor was nearly cast as the lead in Drag Me to Hell? Any guesses? This is a a female actor. Um, They're all famous. More famous than who was eventually cast, obviously. I mentioned earlier that I have not seen this movie yet. Me either. That could be a fun one. Yeah. And I'm going to just throw one out there. She may even be in the movie. I don't you know. You have to say your name first. Jeff. My name is Jeff, and my answer is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, incorrect. That's a great guess, but incorrect. 
Um, options. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, a, Lindsay Lohan. B, Ellen Page. C, Jennifer Lopez. D, Jessica Alba. Really runs the gamut on ages there. Lindsay Lohan? Incorrect. It was Ellen Page. Who was first offered the role of Dracula in Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula? Who was going to be Dracula? Oh, yes. Michael Jackson. (laughs) What? (laughs) Incorrect. I'm holding you to that. Incorrect. (laughs) That would have been amazing. Well, you know, Francis Ford Coppola worked with him, Captain EO. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there is a little bit of... There's a connection. Yeah. It wasn't just bullshit. Yeah, I didn't didn't just make that up. (laughs) (laughs) Kia. Cast as Dracula? Yes. Any guesses? You want to um, hear them? Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Incorrect. He did play Van Helsing in that movie. Oh, well, yeah. That would maybe be he, he could have done well, no. two roles. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, maybe he was gonna be cast as Dracula, but then they said we like you better as Van Helsing. Yeah, you're way too old. You'll be Van Helsing. <laughs> it was Andy Garcia, who Andy Garcia obviously worked with Coppola on uh, Godfather Part Three, but he passed <laughs> on it. He thought it was too gory. He didn't want to do it. I don't think I would have gotten that one. Uh, what iconic actor was nearly cast as Father Marin in The Exorcist? So you got to think, early 70s, iconic actor. Kia. Yes. <laughs> Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> that would have been a very understated performance. <laughs> early 70s. <laughs> Charles Bronson. <laughs> He finds somehow. Get out of here. He's pulling guns out. <laughs> you better get out of here if you know what's good for you. Um, uh, I need the options. Okay. Options. Iconic actor, Father Marin. You have A, Orson Welles. B, James Earl Jones. C, Marlon Brando. D, Christopher Lee. Mm. I'm going to go D, Christopher Lee. Incorrect. Because it rhymes. Oh, no. <laughs> Marlon Brando was huh. that was the studio's choice, and uh, the director freaking like fought them on it because he thought it'd be a Brando movie, and he wanted it to be yeah. his own thing. So he probably heard like how difficult it was to work mm-hmm. with Marlon Brando. It was like, no, I don't era, want that guy on my sure. set. Yeah. Um, number five. What comic actor was considered for the role of Jack Torrance in The Shining? Comic actor. Any guesses? Um, <laughs> Jeff. Howie Mandel. Oh, wow. <laughs> this would be like 1980. Incorrect. Oh. So he does that, and then he does Bobby's World. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was like a stand-up and stuff before yeah, that. That's true. He was a voice of uh, Gizmo. Yeah. Yeah. Catch a Rising Star, maybe. Stanley Kubrick saw Star Search or something. MTV. Gary Shanley. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm going to stop making guesses. Go ahead. Um, comic actor. What movie was it again? The Shining. So, 80s? Yeah. 1980? Mm-hmm. My first guess is wrong, but... Would you like to hear the options? <laughs> or do you want to yeah, just go for it? Yeah, I'll tell you what my guess is after I hear the options. Okay, and here are the options. Chevy Chase, Robin Williams, Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, I feel like the choices don't help because it's so hard. <laughs> one of those I thought of before you said... Hmm. Huh. I wonder if it's that one. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say... Um, Bill Murray? Incorrect. Damn it. It was Robin was it? Williams. Yeah, that's the one I oh, thought Oh, sorry. Of. I like, thought you said you were going to... Yeah. My, my initial guess was going to be Sam Kinison. Here's Johnny! That would be interesting to see him play straight before he broke. <laughs> if they had to rein him in, you know, yeah. to try to be somewhat normal. Um, who did the studio originally suggest to play the Terminator? Oh, my goodness. 
Kia. I think yes. I've heard this before. Sylvester oh. uh, Stallone. Um, incorrect. I know. It's got to be someone big, right? I know this Not one. Physically big. It. I've heard this before, and I can't, it's not coming to me. Can, I'll have the options, please. Okay. Uh, Mr. T, Tom Selleck, O.J. Simpson, Burt Reynolds. O.J. Simpson, that's what it was. That's correct. Yeah, the, actually, James Cameron I fought think, it because uh, at the time, O.J. Simpson... I just feel like this guy's going to murder somebody. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was because he was too beloved. Like He was like, yeah. people aren't going to buy him... You know, be, being this character or whatever, yeah. you know, because he's too iconic looking and he was a huge star at the yeah. time. So I think I heard about that in one of those like OJ documentaries I saw. Really? Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on. Cool. What actor reportedly passed on the role of Clarice in Silence of the Lambs? I feel like I've heard this one before too. Kia. Yes. I think I also have heard of this, but yeah. I think you don't, I don't remember. Jessica Lange. Damn it. Incorrect. It's a good guess. <sighs> mm-hmm. She would have been the right age. age. Um, hmm. I'm going to need the options. Oh, no. She would have been too old already. Really? Jessica yeah. Lange? Yeah, 1990. Mm. To play like a FBI recruit. Oh, I guess oh, like possibly. a new. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, who, who, who we got options. options? Julia Roberts, Daryl Hannah, Virginia Madsen. Michelle Pfeiffer. I know it. D. Michelle Pfeiffer? Correct. Oh, I didn't know it. <laughs> Which <laughs> one did you think it was? I thought it was Virginia Madsen. Mm. Um, but Pfeiffer. I had thought maybe Julia Roberts. Really? But. Um, who was the director's first choice to play Patrick Bateman in American Psycho? Mm. 19. I, like this, I like this game. I just like thinking of <laughs> other people. Jeff. Mm. Yes. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, incorrect, but he was the studio's choice. They ended huh. up like forcing their hand, mm-hmm. and the director dropped out, and then the, the project fell apart altogether, and then she came back, and she... She got away. Well, kind of. The first choice wasn't turned it down. Oh. Who's the first... Uh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Do options. you have a guess? Okay. Yeah. Here are the options. Edward Norton, Robert Downey Jr., Casper mm-hmm. Van Dien, Matt Damon. Hmm. Oh. Those are all good, except for Casper. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's fine. Um, what was the first two? Edward Norton and Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Is it Robert Downey Jr.? Incorrect. Is it Ed Norton? Yeah. Damn it! She, she wanted him, and he turned it down. He would have been... Huh. Yeah. Wait, which one is Ed Norton? From Fight Club? Yeah. I'm thinking of something else. You know that movie is 20 years old now? Fight, Fight Club? Club? Yeah. That's crazy. There's a lot of things that you realize are 20 years old right. that you go... Two decades? Yeah. It's pretty We rad. saw that in the theater together. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, we were thinking of that. We, we watched Unbreakable the other day. And next next year, that'll be 20 oh, years yeah. old. Just a yeah. lot of things that are... Oh, it's nuts. It's crazy. Okay. Number nine. What blonde actor turned down the role of Sidney Prescott in Scream? Kia! Oh, yes. I know this. Go ahead. That, you probably should get partial credit for that if you want to give yourself a point, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. That was she the answer had, I thought of, too. Yeah, she had to turn it down and took another role because she didn't mm-hmm. have enough time or something like that. So she was considered, you know, first choice, but there's another actor I'm looking for. Is the host giving me a point? Yes, you may have a point for that because I kind of thought about that I might be. I can only tie the game. Yes, mm-hmm. so you want to hear the like choices? Blonde... Lead actress. I, okay, I need the options. Okay. We have Reese Witherspoon, Gwyneth Paltrow, Cameron Diaz, Naomi Watts. Gwyneth. Oh. Mm, 
Cameron Diaz? Incorrect. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. I was about to say, the other Reese Witherspoon. When Paltrow, who's the other one? Cameron Diaz and Naomi Watts. Wouldn't they have been too old? 96? No. They, they oh, all could have played teenagers. 96. Never mind. Um, what? This is the last question. Yes, last question. What comedic actors did the studio want to play the two male leads in American Werewolf in London? Hmm. So you got two. This is pretty hard. You might want to hear the options. Or go for balls out. Guess two comedic actors circa 1980. Boom. Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you get this, I um, mean, you just automatically win. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Oh my god! Yeah. That's wrong. Yeah. But that's one of my options. Oh my that's one of the options. I, I like I thought that would be like one of those that we could laugh from you guys, but okay. Damn. Good guess. Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Uh incorrect. No. Half correct. You got one of them. Oh. Hmm. Um Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. Were the studio's oh, choice? Interesting. They wanted them to pair up, and again, John Landis had to kind of fight them on that. He wanted unknowns. I think my pick would have been funnier. <laughs> I mean, that would oh. be a weird movie. I think. <laughs> but they <laughs> really well. It definitely have to rewrite it a little bit. What they would have with any of these choices. I mean, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi also because I feel like the people they picked were young enough to oh, yeah. you could think of them as college kids, yeah, backpacking across Europe. That's true. So it'd be a little tougher with middle-aged guys. It could just be like you know. two old friends going sure. on a trip. You would, I mean, it would be a quick rewrite, obviously. <laughs> but also, that means either uh, Richard Pryor or Gene, Gene Wilder would have to run naked through the woods at some point. <laughs> it would be a much more funny movie. <laughs> and then, like, also, yeah, I agree with that. Like, one of them is recovering in the hospital, <laughs> and like the nurse is flirting with them and all this stuff, and. Like he transforms. I don't know. Like that, that would, be, would actually be really funny yeah. to see. Like Gene Wilder is the the one who lives, the guy who survived, and mm. turns into the werewolf. And then like Richard Pryor keeps coming back as a zombie, oh, he's like <laughs> harassing him as a zombie. I mean, that would be one of those things where it'd be interesting if would they have to go full tilt into a comedy because that you know those it'd probably be hard not. It would be to. hard because because that movie yeah. balances the humor and the horror a little bit. So. Um, Okay, so I, I think Jeff ended up... Well, does he get half a point for the last one? I'm going to say no on that one. Well, it wouldn't matter anyway. Yeah. The final <laughs> score is three to one. Yeah, good. That was I, a... I like the, um, the game. It would be interesting to make that into a segment of some sort. That was interesting. Because like, uh, I know one. A little trivia question for both of you. Oh, no. <laughs> Who was original, the original choice to play Neo in The Matrix? I know that one. <gasps> oh, you do? Yeah, but you can guess. Is it like. Will Smith? Yeah. I guess we all knew that one. Yeah. That was an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean Connery also turned down a role in The Matrix. Uh, I guess oh, he yeah. was going to be Morpheus, maybe. Huh. Interesting. Um, and the, the thing that he turned down that and also Gandalf in uh, Lord of the Rings. And you shall not pass. <laughs> and he basically was like, yeah, I didn't Did really... you take the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> He basically said he didn't really understand them when he read the parts. He was like, ah, these sound kind of weird. I'm not really into it. And basically, that's why that led him down the path of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He was basically like, I'm going to be in this high concept, weird movie and, you know, I go keep for turning broke. down these movies and turning yeah. into great films. And then that was a flop. And he was like, I'm retiring. Like, he, just, <laughs> he was like, fuck <laughs> it. I'm enjoying retirement now. So I just so. don't get this. I'm just, I'm out. <laughs> All right. Great game, guys. Let's wrap up Half-Ass Horror Trivia Casting Edition. Jeff won. Kia, a great challenger and a great sport. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
I heard that you had a, uh, a little question to ask us. I do. I do. Yes. In our segment, my segment, called Beyond the Lines with Kia McLean. For this month's question, I ask you not only to go beyond the lines, but to go within yourself and tell us about a real-life event, experience in your life that could have been made into a horror story. Jeff. Oh, I'm starting. I felt like uh, you implied you had a slam dunk for this uh, this question, so... Well, I don't know if it's a slam dunk. Why don't you kick it off with the slam dunk? It just took me, like, all day to think of it, and then, and, like, when it hit me, I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that one. So, like, I actually... Uh, made a note of this a long time ago. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to write a horror movie script based on this. Ooh. And then uh, after I thought about it, I was like, no, this is dumb. Um, so basically what happened was, I don't want to give like too much information. It's like a personal event that happened. But I used to have this friend. We used to hang out all the time. And one night we were sitting on his back porch and we were facing the porch, face the woods. And we were sitting there and he was like, what would you do if like just clowns started walking out of the woods towards us? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and my answer was, uh, uh, oh man, I would just look over at you and be like, dude, do you see that too? And he's like, yeah, by the time you looked over at me, you just hear like click, click of me, like locking the door behind. <laughs> he's like already locking himself in the house, which is like a really funny scenario. And then we had this big falling out, which I don't really want to go into, but like, uh, then like a year after the falling out, Remember they all that stuff in the news like a year or two ago where like uh, people were dressed as clowns and they were like right. hanging out in the woods and stuff? Sightings and stuff, yeah. Like it kind of clicked in my head one day and I was like, that would be an interesting movie where like you got these two friends and like a clown thing already comes up in conversation and like you're all pals and then like you see his dark side and he like mm. attacks the other guy. And then he's like, I'm not going to hang out with this dude anymore. <laughs> then a year later all these like clown sightings start happening and then like – uh the friend that, you know, got attacked, yeah. uh, he ends up getting, you know, kidnapped by this, like, group of uh, killer clowns, and they, like, tie him up, and, like, he has to, like, fight his way out, and then it turns out a guy pulls the clown mask <laughs> off in the end, and it's his friend, you know? Nice. But the more I thought about it, I was like, that'd be kind of a dumb movie. But, like, anyway, that yeah. was the one. And also, you could almost do uh, the opposite, where, like, the friend that attacks, you know, that has the falling out and shows the dark side, yeah. feels bad about it. You mm-hmm. know, we follow him for a while, and then there's all these clown sightings. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? You know, like, this is weird. And then he gets abducted. abducted yeah. And, like, he's like, oh, shit, you know, these clowns have abducted me. What the fuck? You know, you know this guy, he's maybe kind of a bigger guy, kind of a mean guy, whatever. He actually kind of puts up a fight, whatever. Yeah. They beat him down, and, you know, and then, like, the doors open. And his buddy, yeah, know, pulls out. Of, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of the turn it, turn it on its head, or whatever. I like, like that, that better. Yeah. Okay, we should make this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Half Ass Forecast presents <laughs> Clowns from the Woods. Yeah, <laughs> cool, nice, good one. Uh, Kia, did you have one you. that you? I do. That I had inspired one that the question. Came or? to me pretty quickly. There was one that I had thought of, but then I decided another one was better. And this is from a story when I was 15. My youth group at my church and a youth group from another church went on a two-week bus trip across the country to visit different colleges. And it was very interesting. 
my church was Antioch North, their church was Antioch South, and for some reason we didn't get along, so we often like fought with each other. And by the end of the trip, everyone was getting along, but when we got back, my youth group, we were calling it the trip from hell, but um, because <laughs> a lot happened. And there was one event we went to. We were at the Grand Canyon, and um, one of the kids on the bus, his name was Zuri, just started screaming at the top of his lungs. He was just screaming, and we had to pull the bus over, and everyone was like, what is wrong with Zuri? And, um, you know, the ambulance came and took him away, and we all got off the bus, and we were just crying all over the place, and people were calling their parents, and everyone's freaking out, and the paramedic people are there and they're trying to console us and saying you're going to look back on this and you're going to laugh and we're like how can we laugh about this we're just going crazy (laughs) um so it ended up being that he was just like he hadn't like (laughs) pooped for days (laughs) apparently it was very painful and we did in fact end up laughing about it but if it was made into a horror movie i think when he was yelling maybe he's going through some kind of a change maybe it's a metaphor for becoming an adult since we were 15 he's going through a change and he's at the hospital, so we don't know what's going on with him, but at the hospital, he ends up killing everyone or something. Mm. And then one by one, we all start, the kids all also all start going through the change, and we just turn on, like, either each other and all the paramedics and the um, the adults that were with us. That's it. Huh. Like, wow. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't. You guys, like, thought of, like, really cool, like, <laughs> movie concepts, basically. I didn't... And we're at the Grand Canyon, so you're already, you know, and outside, it was night, yeah. and just terror gets unleashed nice Very cool <laughs> and we could call what would we call that movie the trip from hell <laughs> <laughs> tracked up <laughs> back yeah. Back yeah, the cops paid the kid. <laughs> we call it no shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, like, I don't think I've really talked about it on this podcast. Once again, I talked about it on the old school podcast we had 10 years ago, oh. uh, but I used to be a uh, prison guard on death row. Uh, so, I mean, obviously there'd be like 20 different movies probably that could come from yeah. being a death guard on, uh, a death guard. Ooh, being a prison guard on death row. That's the name of your movie. Uh, death guard. <laughs> uh, I definitely met some interesting characters and, uh, had some interesting incidents, uh, and life threatening incidents. <laughs> but, uh, one thing I was thinking about just hearing your stories that would kind of be a little bit more fun, maybe, uh, in high concept is right when I was doing the training, uh, at this prison, and uh, they were kind of taking us on a tour of the prison and everything. And I was in civilian clothes, and I was pretty young at the time. Uh, they showed us the electric chair that they use mm-hmm. for executions. And uh, they're phasing out the electric chair, by the way. Most people pick lethal injection. But if you're convicted before 1999, you can choose the, the electric chair. Huh. After that, they're going to slowly phase it out where no one can use it, obviously. But anyway, it's still operational. It's still used. And uh, the captain that was taking us around was like, does anyone want to sit in it? And everyone was like turning it down. And me just being young and kind of enthusiastic, yeah. I was like, sure, I'll sit in it. And I, and I sat down and sat in this electric chair. And uh, he even kind of strapped me in a little bit. Not like all the way, but just kind of like, and this is how we do this and this yeah. is how we do that. And uh, then he walked over to the lights and, like, flickered them real quick, yeah. you know, because I couldn't see him behind me. So he kind of made it seem like, oh, you know, like there's a like, like <laughs> gotcha. jolt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards, everyone was like, that's bad luck. That was, like, really bad taste that you sat in that chair. Okay. Yeah. You know, everyone was giving me a hard time about it. And I felt bad later. I was like, I didn't really mean to sensationalize it. He just was asking. And I thought it was kind of one of those things where 
you know, you're in this new environment and there's all these kind of scary elements yeah. and you want to prove that you're not scared. And I, I think in that moment being younger, I was like, I'll show them I'm not scared. Everyone else is. I'll sit down. That's how I was looking at it. Not like, Ooh, I'm going to go home and tell my parents. So I, <laughs> yeah. I sat in the electric chair. Uh, but anyway, I was thinking, uh, if it was a horror movie, maybe I did absorb something. Maybe like the people that have been executed oh, are like, you know, that wasn't cool that you did that. And they're like, they follow me home. And like, I get these, you know, like, images of people that have been executed and they're, you know, maybe they're overtaking me and I, I take that back to the prison. And I don't know, like there could be some kind of element like that. Are you really good concepts. Or you get possessed by their like spirits and then you go on like killing rampages. Sure, right. Like they, they get to... Like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, continue, you know, what, whatever they were up to yeah. before, you know, through me as the guard. That's a great concept, and that would be so. a good book. Because, um, yeah, when you were talking about it, I was thinking, he's not just sitting in a chair. He's sitting where a lot of people have died. Sure. And, and honestly, in the moment, I didn't even <laughs> take that into account. I just went for yeah. it, you wow. know. Um, That's- si- sidebar, that both the institutions I worked in, because I've worked at county jail and the state prison, uh, both of them had rumors of hauntings and mm. you know p- spirits that were still there and people that died in prison, whether mm. they were executors, natural causes, or got killed, um, that haunt certain cells, certain areas. And there were a couple of times where you know people I worked with claimed up and down that they saw a ghost. Um, there were a couple of moments where I got scared and thought I saw something and realized it was my reflection or something, mm. you know, that type of thing. Because uh, if you're working overnight in a county jail and there's like yeah. empty cells and stuff, you know, you're walking through, you can see your own reflection and this thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a moment, you know. So there could be a movie like that, too. toured like a former insane asylum or um, is it Alcatraz that's closed or is Alcatraz still open? It's like a museum now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or um, gone out there and it's been creepy. No. I mean, again, when I, when I, they took me on a tour of the old state prison, the walls that, you know, was open in the 1800s and they closed down and replaced it with the one I worked in. Uh, and that was pretty creepy. And like the, the obvious brutality of that place, I mean, cause you could see like shotgun, uh, pellets along the walls mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where they didn't bother to fix, I guess, fix it sometimes. Wow. What pretty intense, you know, and then they showed us the hole, what their version of the hole was back mm-hmm. then. And it was pretty awful to think about. Oh, and so yeah. Wow. yeah, I remember you telling us telling us some stories about working yeah. there back in the day and some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, when you're, when you're younger, it's kind of easy to like sensationalize it and be yeah. all like, "You won't guess what happened to me," you know? <laughs> yeah. So, well, if uh, any filmmakers out there listening to this, <laughs> uh, if you make these movies, we're going to sue your ass because we've got it on record. Well, we we have a new line of films coming out. <laughs> Every podcast is doing this apparently, so. Well, thank you for your insightful answers, oh. your well-thought-of answers. Yes. Um, thank you for not only going within yourselves, but going beyond the lines. So every episode, we like to end it with a segment called What's Making Us Scared? In which the half ass horrorcast kids talk about something in the horror genre that's making them excited that they want to share with you. Join us for the emotions. Kia, kick us off. <laughs> well, what's making me scared? <laughs> she, she danced a jig before this happened. <laughs> In a bad way is... Um, oh. Huh? I just, I just reacted, you say, in a bad oh, way. Oh, sorry. Yes, what's scaring me in a bad way is the negative feedback and the low Rotten tomato score that the movie Glass is getting. Because I saw the movie and I don't understand. 
My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist. I specialize in those individuals who believe they are supernatural beings. I don't belong here. David Dunn, you believe you are exceptionally strong, but there are men who are as strong as you. Kevin Wendell Crumb, you believe there are two dozen souls living in that body with you. You can call me Norma. I'm so Elijah Price, you have an extraordinary IQ. You think you are superhuman. What if I suggested that you are mistaken? I don't understand the negative feedback. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. I really liked it. When you really like Split as well. I right? really like Split and yeah. the day before we saw Glass, we rewatched Unbreakable because we've mm-hmm. both seen it. I saw it in the theaters so and um so back in two thousand and hadn't sat down and watched again. And when I left the theater back then, I kind of remember being underwhelmed. Maybe not 100% sure I understood it for some mm. reason. Um, but when we rewatched it, I thought, Unbreakable, I thought, this is amazing. It's shot yeah. well. There are a lot of iconic images in the movie that really stood out to me that I remember that I really liked. Um, so, yeah. And then Glass was had so many... Um, Easter eggs in it from Unbreakable. Yeah, you're really rewarded if you watched um, Unbreakable before you go into seeing Glass. There's yeah. a lot of callbacks. and. So, you know. um, Craig, you've read some articles that kind of go into, or some podcasts or whatever, that kind of go into why some people might not like it. Yeah. And I, I guess I kind of understand it, but it didn't really take away from the movie or for me. Like, I thought it was well acted. I thought it was it looked good. I thought yeah. it was good. Ooh. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I really liked Glass a lot and felt like it uh, almost 100% satisfied everything I wanted in a sequel to Split and Unbreakable. Um, but there is something that happens or some things that happen in like the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes that I'm still kind of like reconciling with. So uh, it's kind of tough for me to be like, yes. It's it's perfect, you know. But I think in a year or two, I might feel that way. If that but makes you still any liked sense. it. Oh yeah, I still liked it. And I think a lot of the criticisms, um, like a lot of people were upset that it kind of takes place in one area. For most of you know the film, they advertise it. it most of it takes place in an institution. Um, but it's a lower budget movie. I mean, right now um, M Night is kind of working in the the Blumhouse, you know, five to ten million dollar model. So he can't really have this huge grandiose superhero movie. Um, and I like the about Unbreakable and Split that they're kind of grounded in some kind of reality, even if it's <laughs> sometimes the plot doesn't quite, you know, you can kind of poke some holes and stuff like that. Um, and some of the comic book references did feel a little heavy handed, almost like written by someone that maybe likes comics, but isn't a huge expert on them. Right. You know what I mean? Because they, they kind of misunderstand what a limited edition is mm-hmm. in real life. Um, and they kind of have characters say things that are maybe a little obvious about comics sometimes. But even, honestly, that's stuff that I only thought of afterwards. In the moment, I wasn't like, this is taking me out of this movie. Like, yeah. it was this kind of thing that, you know, a couple of days later, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, that was kind of mm-hmm. off or, you know, that type of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with Kia that I think critics kind of have their knives out for this one a little bit, you yeah. know, because of the high concept of it and uh, that M. Night is the one directing it. I think people always come with knives out for that dude, mm-hmm. you know, so... Yeah, I, I, I thought all the acting was great. I think James McAvoy, I've liked him for a very long time. Yeah. Um, he really, for me, stood out back in the movie Wanted. 
And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what else he does. Um, mm. And then I feel like he kind of disappeared to me. Maybe he was in stuff that I dismissed. And then he came back out with, like, X-Men and all this stuff. And right. now he's in so many things. And he's going to be in It. And Chapter I'm two. super excited. I think he's one of those people, him, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Ryan Gosling, that I want to win an Oscar at some point. They probably should have done it already. <laughs> um, especially you. Gosling and Gyllenhaal, for sure. I want to win a date with. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. Well, never mind. I was going to take it to the next level. As usual. I won't. <laughs> but so if anyone out there is on the fence about it, I, I really like the movie. I thought it was great. I think it's a good trilogy. I liked all of these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. And it's cool too. Like, like people made such a big deal out of boyhood, uh, mm-hmm. several years back. Like, Ooh, they made a movie over the course of 12 years. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's a lot of that in it, which I, I, I don't feel like it's getting rewarded very well. Yeah. Like, like a lot of these critics that were just slobbing the knob of boyhood <laughs> like, or like, this is bullshit with glass, you know? And it's like, well, why did you like it so much this way? Yeah. And this other way you're suddenly like cynical and mm-hmm. I don't know. This just kind of bugs me. So anyway, uh, Jeff? Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, hold on. There's one more what's making me... Okay, you've got two. Serve up the next one. Well, I wanted, I wanted to comment on the oh, glass yeah. thing. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you didn't see it, so we, we, we I, didn't yeah. know. Well, I, I, had seen, I haven't seen it. Well, you texted me a while back about glass, or like you asked me if I was going to see it, and I was like, I'm not really interested in it. I, I uh, thought almost we might do like a mini pod on it, because I thought yeah. you would be like rearing to see it. So Yeah, it's weird, because like, and it's not like a thing where I'm like, Fuck that movie! I'm not watching it. It was right. just—it's just not. I don't know for whatever reason. I just didn't really have like a big, because the the first movie came out in like 2000. Sure. And I remember when that came out, I saw it and I was like, "Well, that was really cool." Because at the at the time, comic yeah. book movies were not like oversaturated in our yeah. society. They had to you know? sneak it in on us almost. Yeah. Like that, they, they advertise it as a thriller, and then yeah. it's a superhero movie. And yeah. that was the thing that like I think really appealed to me at the time was like, "Oh shit, that was a superhero." Movie. Like the movie ended, and like to me, that the was the twist. Got was like, in on it, yeah. yeah. Like that was the twist of this whole time I've been watching a superhero movie and didn't even realize it. That's yeah. that's such a great concept, you know. So I really like the first one, but it I I bought it on DVD, and I maybe watched it three or four times the, over the course of the sure. time I had it. But it's been at least fifteen years since I've watched it, and then I saw uh, Split mm-hmm. uh, when that came out on like on demand or Blu-ray or whatever. Um, that's the only time I saw that one. It was, it was good, but I like, like you were going to rush out and see it again or anything. Right. It wasn't yeah. something that like, I just wanted to rewatch and like, I thought I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and so when this one came out, I just, it's just, I guess it just wasn't really on my radar. So I wasn't like anti glass. Uh, I'm sure I'll eventually see it though. Yeah. At some point. It'd be but interesting to see, see what it. you see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool to see what you think of it. Yeah. My other what's making me scared actually has to do with Craig, and oh. that's about a dream that, <laughs> that he had. Okay. <laughs> a dream that he had that involved <laughs> Glenn Dramatic. Close and Michael Oh, Tarsus. yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't know you would bring this up in a public forum. And I think what, what – uh, yeah, I told you it should be what's making you scared. And I, think I thought you were joking. I wasn't. And I think what sparked it was after in a, the Golden Globes, Glenn yeah. Close won an award – and she kissed Michael Douglas. And I was like, holy shit, it's a Fatal Attraction reunion. And apparently no one cared. No one, yeah, no one really did. talked about it. I was like, That's, that was amazing to me. Mm. And I think I put that in your head and then you went to sleep. What happened? I had a dream that 
Glenn Close, Michael Douglas, and I had a three-way. <laughs> but what was weird is uh, we were in we were in a bed together, obviously, but we were all wearing adult pajamas, like the type. You know what I'm talking about? With like like the, the little thing in the back, the no, flap no, no, comes no, out. No, like they like the type that you see people wear in the movies, where it's like they button up, oh, they're like yeah. satin, usually. almost like a suit. Yeah, sort yeah, of, yeah. yeah. Like we were all wearing adult pajamas, and none of us were nude, but we were clearly like heavy into and it. Yes. They're at their current ages. Oh, yes. No, no one was young and supple. Everyone was how we are now. Wrinkled and... Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, I just remember Glenn Close and I were going very heavy-handed. Like, we were really into it. And Michael Douglas was getting annoyed because he was trying to, like, wedge his way in. And we were like, no, I don't think so, Michael. Like, we were, like... Sit there and watch for a while. Oh, yeah. He was getting... He was getting cucked. He was getting cuckolded by Glenn Close and Craig Garrett. Yeah. so yeah, and I was just I'm glad wondering that, if, that if, stuck so well with you. I was wondering if somewhere Michael Douglas was having a dream where he was having a threesome with Glenn Close and some guy. Yeah, some hairy, chubby guy <laughs> jumping Weird in there. Dream last night, <laughs> and you cuck holding me. <laughs> Guess what? That's not happening again. I'm no Slanty. cuck. <laughs> You're the cuck. <laughs> if anybody in here's the cuck, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from three ways with Glenn Close <laughs> and Michael Douglas. Jeff. Oh, hi. What's making you scared? What's making me scared is Trick or Treat Studios put out their new catalog for 2019 this week. Uh, Update us on what Trick or Treat Studios is, someone that may not know. Trick or Treat Studios is a, a company that they primarily make uh, Halloween masks, yeah. and they have the license for several different movies and franchises. And this year they finally got the the license to do Halloween, the original Halloween, uh, Halloween 4 and 5, which they already had the license for the, a lot of the other ones. So I think they have the license for, all, like, all of the Halloween movies. And like, aficionados of mask, there's differences between the Michael Myers mask, between yeah. movies and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And so they're finally able to do, like, a, an original 1978 Michael Myers-style mask, and, mm-hmm. like, they just put that out um, – Sculpted by Justin Mabry, and uh, it's it looks really great. It's in the catalog, but the my favorite thing in the catalog is something that I mentioned on an earlier podcast. Uh, our friend Marty McEwen, yeah. uh, he's an artist, and he um, did these illustrations for them to where they printed them as uh, those like die cut Halloween decorations. Yeah. So they look very old school, but they're awesome, and they you know they have the license for. Universal Monsters and uh, the Halloween franchise, American Werewolf in London, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Texas think, Chainsaw right? Massacre, Chucky. Whatever, and they, uh, yeah. they did Halloween three specifically. There's like several yeah. for Halloween three. Yeah. Yeah, and when Marty and I went to that haunted house back in October, he was like showing me like some of the illustrations he had done on his phone, and uh, I was getting so excited. I was like, Oh my god, I want all of these! Like everyone he showed me, and then when the catalog came out this week, I was like, Oh, dude, there they are! And yeah. I was looking at them and like. I, I, I'm not even kidding. I, I literally, I want every one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all really cool. My favorite one though is the he did like a series of Universal monsters where they they're like kind of cutesy versions. Yeah. And uh, there's one of the Wolfman, and there's like a big orange moon behind him, and it's all black and white. The rest of it is. But I, that, that's my favorite one. Yeah. Those are my so. favorite, too, because you showed them to me. Yeah, I and I thought yeah. the Universal monsters yeah. were my favorite because the contrast between the black and white and the big orange moon looked really cool. Yeah. I like the creature one a lot, too. He's, like, coming out of a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Really cute. I liked it. Yeah. They're super cool. So, if uh, if you're listening, you're interested in that, um, I mean, eventually, I'm sure the 
I don't know if they put the PDF on their website. But, they did. Yeah. Oh, they did? Okay, mm-hmm. good. Because when I saw it on Facebook, they it was like a, a Dropbox link that they posted. So, uh, but eventually it'll, it'll all be on the website and everything. Yeah. But yeah, I really like uh, the stuff that Marty did for them. Yeah, that was really sure. cool. Nice. Um, so what's making me scared is also another callback to our friend Ashley Blackwell, who is now a writer and producer with an IMDb credit. Oh. Mm. So we have seen her go from <laughs> blogger to Fangoria writer mm-hmm. slash Rue Morgue writer, professional, mm-hmm. to a film producer slash writer. Wow. She is uh, involved in Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror, which is dropping <laughs> in February on Shudder. We've always loved horror. It's just that horror hasn't always loved us. <laughs> Black people play a particular role in horror films. First, we weren't in it. We were played by white people. Yeah. We went from maids to pimps and hoes. If there was somebody black, they would be the first to die. Black films hold a mirror up to society, but at the same time give an audience an escape. <laughs> One fellow said to me, you were directing before it was legal. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Yes, that's history. We've shifted from being the focal point of the fear to being the heroes. This would be unheard of 25 years ago. If we can use what we've experienced, we can tell stories that people have never seen before. the description it says a look at the history of black horror films and the role of african americans in the film genre from the very beginning i think it's really awesome to see someone like i've literally seen this person go from a blogger to the big times yeah it's like the big show you know it's just really pretty cool. cool so congratulations uh, yes yes congratulations ashley uh, again it's horror noir I, I think i'm saying it right I may not. Horror noir. Horror noir. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Horror noir. A history of black horror. horror and Can it's dropping February 7th on Shutter. February 7th. Yes. Cool. Peanut All noir. Right. So now it comes the time for Jeff to pick his choice. Jeff's choice. Oh, wrong paper. <laughs> What's going to be the next movie, Jeff? Well, the next movie. Uh, I'm thinking, should we make it easy for the audience to find the movie, or should I just pick one I have on Blu-ray? What do you think? Yeah. I'm going to take oh, a look poll. Like a, um, okay. Was Better Watch Out easy? Probably not. Probably not. I think people had to buy it or have Shutter. Well, then I'll say easy. It's an easy one. It's an easy one? Yeah. yeah. All right, then the movie we're going to do for the next podcast is yeah. Return of the Living Dead. Ooh. Which is... Streaming on uh, Amazon Prime right now. I looked it up a couple days oh, ago. Nice. So. Okay. So 1986s, I think. Might be 85. Yeah. So Return of the Living Dead is our next film, guys. Thank you for joining us. Keep slamming that evil, guys. Keep busting. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast. Facebook at Half-Assed Horror. Twitter at H.A. Horrorcast. 
And you can send us an email at halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. Yeah.